The advanced persistent threat, what is it and how are organizations vulnerable to it? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Ron Gula, the CEO of Tenable Network Security. Ron, thanks so much for joining me again. Hey, glad to be here and talking about the advanced persistent threat. Well, let's tackle the question that I asked up front here. What is this threat exactly, and how are organizations today vulnerable to it? Well, organizations have always been vulnerable to remote attackers, remote hackers, exploiting software and technology issues to gain access to their information and their, and their data and their system resources. What's changed is that with the rise of something called botnets, where hackers want to organize hundreds if not thousands of hosts at the same time to, to achieve access to them, is that they want to maintain that access. So although systems are always vulnerable and they're always being patched, what the, what the advanced persistent threat is, is when an attacker is trying to exploit these vulnerabilities, but then keep their foothold. So maybe after a system is patched or after an organization is aware of a vulnerability and they mitigate it, the hacker is still going to be able to persist in an automated and hidden fashion in a, in a manner that's unaware to the organization and remain on that network. Now, Ron, clearly this is a threat to all industries, but I'm curious, where are industries such as financial services, healthcare, and even government especially vulnerable? Well, industries like, like in, the, in the finance are going to respond to this a little bit differently. Uh, of all those industries that you mentioned, the financial industry has the most controls for monitoring what goes on in the network. They have pretty good, consistent desktop policies, server policies, and they have the infrastructure to monitor. So for them, the advanced persistent threat is the one that's targeting or evading those technologies. One of the qualities about today's advanced persistent threat is that they evade detection by antivirus and by intrusion detection systems. So, for example, if you were able to get one of these systems uh, infected in a financial network, then it may not be detected by your you know, modern top-of-the-line antivirus software. And if that system started communicating to the rest of its uh, botnet for, for command and control and other types of, uh, of, uh, of information, it might not be detected by your intrusion detection system. So in the financial industries, you know, they're going to detect the basic attacks, but they might not detect something that is custom designed to evade what's, what's on their network. Now, when you move out of that uh, industry into the healthcare and to the government, you get a wide variety of, of responses. A typical hospital does not have the auditing and technical staff that a typical bank uh, would have. So there, you have regular attacks, regular malware, regular you know, viruses being spread, probably occurring alongside um, advanced persistent threat types of software that is maybe even more advanced. And from a hospital's point of view, they might not know any different. They might be getting infected with a, uh, a malicious software that's targeting their specific healthcare systems, or they might be getting infected with just the virus of the month. So outside of the financial industry, the, the awareness of this kind of stuff isn't going to be as high. Now, you've talked about awareness a couple of times. What do you find generally to be the awareness level in organizations across industry to the advanced persistent threat? Well, if you have an organization that is not well-managed from a security or IT governance point of view, 
they are not going to be very aware, aware of it. So in other words, if you have an organization who's always responding to the latest vulnerabilities, uh, in other words, they're surprised, you know, every Microsoft Tuesday, oh, we got to respond to this and patch our systems, or they're always running around and responding to the next system that got compromised, that type of organization is always in response mode. They are not going to have any time to look at anything that, that's specifically targeting them or maybe going under the radar. Whereas other organizations that do have the resources to have positive control over their system configurations, positive control over their network monitoring and access control and different things like that, not only are they going to have more time to do more investigations to look for anomalies and things that might be slightly out of place, but they're going to have more, uh, more advanced detection just based on policy. For example, an organization that forces all of their users to go through a proxy uh, firewall to get access to the, to the Internet. The first time a machine gets infected and starts making you know, outbound calls to the Internet not going through the proxy is going to be a, a, a red flag. And that type of organization is going to be able to find malicious software a lot easier than somebody who's always in response mode. So once an organization becomes aware, Ron, what become the main challenges then to overcoming the threat? Well, the main challenge, of course, is always detecting it. Now, more and more botnets that are out there, more and more malicious software is getting, again, more and more sophisticated. But a trend that has been occurring over the last couple of years is that malware and malicious software is being custom-designed for your organization. For example, you might have a website that's waiting for people to come to it with vulnerable Internet Explorer browsers, but maybe only users from a certain organization will actually be targeted. This type of, uh, there's a lot of different names for these kind of uh, attacks, but these kind of uh, tailored attacks for a specific organization is very difficult to detect if you're on the defender side, because every particular day you might be getting attacks from hundreds if not thousands of different viruses, it's very difficult to find the ones that are targeted just for you. Now, if you do detect something, a lot of times what happens is that you want to reach out to your antivirus vendor or some public resources where you can compare perhaps signatures and forensic evidence of these various files to see if, uh, if it's something other people have seen. If you're faced with the fact that you, this hasn't been seen before, you might really question, you know, is this really a threat or not? There's a lot of times knowing that somebody else has got the same problem is somehow comforting that you've indeed had some validation that you found something. So unless you have the resources to really do the reverse engineering and organ the reverse engineering to confirm that this is really malicious for you, you really don't have a whole lot of opportunity to confirm that you're being targeted. In that case, you have to fall back on the traditional security models, defense in depth, monitoring, access control violations, and so on. We've talked about a couple of things, sophistication for one, and of course the persistence. What do you find to be the types of strategies and solutions that are most effective against the advanced persistent threat? Definitely the basics. So if your organization you know, doesn't have firewalls, doesn't have people doing things like uh, spyware, you know, outbound web filtering, so web proxies, different things like that, if you don't have antivirus deployed on all of your desktops, all of those basics reduce the noise. They take away a lot of potential attack vectors. They take away a lot of potential uh, infection vectors. Uh, you're still open to zero-day attacks that can evade your antivirus, but what you won't be dealing with on that day-to-day -day basis is all of the fire drills of responding to virus infections and compromised systems and, and, and so on. A 
apart from that, the next best thing I've seen organizations do is basically do auditing. If they actually have a program that audits what their users are doing, that audits how their systems are configured, that audits what processes and software is installed in these systems, a lot of times those, those types of programs will turn up systems that are running perhaps at high CPU utilization that aren't really supposed to be running anything. And then finally, organizations who do basic, uh, what I call uh, blacklist or behavioral-based analysis of what's on their network, also find a lot of, of systems that are infected. There's a lot of free uh, systems out there, such as the SANS Internet Storm Center. There's a shadowserver.org, where your organization can basically join these projects, give their data to them, and then when machines that have bad reputations start communicating with your network, you can get alerts based on that. Ron, one last question for you. For somebody that might feel that their organization could be exposed to this threat, where do they need to begin to assess and remediate the situation? If they want to start looking at their, at their networks to see if they have this kind of information or this kind of uh, potentially unwanted software on their network, they really need to review everything that's on their network. How did the software get there? How did the servers get there? Who's been managing the servers? Do they connect to the Internet? Have they been managed? Different things like that. Now, if you're in an organization where none of this information is known to you, your best chance of detecting something is to go with the traditional detection measures, antivirus software, network intrusion detection systems, different things like that. Now, if you are in a managed network, very interesting things can be done there, such as looking at all of the file systems for all your servers, doing an audit of what files are there, what versions are there, doing file integrity checking on uh, certain system files. There's actually tools out there that can do comparisons across all your servers and see perhaps which DLLs or systems files have been, are just different. It doesn't necessarily mean that a, a hacker has done something, but you can say, hey, this machine over here is configured slightly different than this machine over here. Why, why is that? That type of situational awareness can really allow you to find small, slight differences between your systems that might indicate that you've got something running on there that's trying to hide and that's potentially doing bad things for your, for your systems. Ron, that's great advice. As always, I appreciate your time and your insights today. Thanks very much. Hopefully people find this useful when they start analyzing their systems. We've been talking about the advanced persistent threat. We've been talking with Ron Gula, CEO of Tenable Network Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.